Welcome to Downstream from Florida College, the podcast for young people that are seeking wisdom. On this podcast, we explore cultural trends, spiritual growth, and common sense in just 15 minutes or less. Thank you for joining us today as we head downstream. Now for your host, Dr. John Weaver. Welcome to Downstream from Florida College. My name is John Weaver. I'm the president of Florida College. Uh, so I'm joined here today by Elisa Johnson. Elisa, welcome. Thank you. I'm good, happy to be here. Good to have you here. Elisa, you're the uh, Vice President for Information Technology at Florida College. And as I was thinking about this topic of technology and how people should live in an increasingly digital world, you're are the first name that came to mind. And it's not just because you work right down the hall from me. <laughs> it's because you have a distinguished career in a variety of fields, which position you uh, to be able to talk about this, I think, in a especially appropriate way. You've worked in the corporate world, yes, for, yes. Uh, for decades, and have worked in academic technology in places like Florida College, and so understand how principles in the business world translate even into a university college setting like ours. And last but not least, you're the mother to two children who they have, their own children. And so you've seen how this played out in the family. Lisa, welcome. Grateful for you being on here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Oh, absolutely. So we're trying to first to begin to think about some perspective on technology. Even in my lifetime, things have changed so much. I know you've been at technology conferences like Educause. Educause is, as I gathered, a major technology conference in which you look at the history of technology. I wonder, either regard to that or just more generally, as you look back on, let's say, 50 years, what changes have you seen that would be relevant to people listening today that they would want to, you should, they should know about it, think about things that they're going to be facing in the future? Yes, it's it really has been a big change. And this has been just in my lifetime, too, the 50 years. The places that we've come, some of the biggest things in computing, I we just, my husband and I just got back from NASA, and you think about the moon launch, the computer that it took to do that. The women were hand-wiring the computers, and now we are holding it you know, in the palm of our hands, what we're being able to ask to do, um, all the way to an ATM machine. Before, um, you know, I'm depositing my checks now from home. I don't even go to the bank. I know. They're doing away with some of the drive through tellers now, just even because of that. Things are changing. That's right. Really Another one I thought of um, is when you check your experience at the grocery, grocery store. I used to be the checker rang up every single purchase. When those barcodes first got on the products, I thought, how is that ever going to work? How are they ever going to get all of that inventory into the computer? And now we do it ourselves. We don't even have a checker often to do it. We do our self-checkout. And now we don't even go to the grocery store. It just gets delivered to exactly us. Exactly right. right. Yeah. Exactly right. It's changing so Your rapidly. Your online experience in terms of shopping, probably for the last three years, I haven't even gone to a store at Christmas in terms of purchasing. I've purchased everything online. You mentioned online, so let's just talk about that briefly. How has online education changed education? And what advice would you give to parents and teenagers about how they should think about that? Yes, I think it's a reality. The COVID especially had has everybody's experience shifted. If they'd never had an experience with online learning, everybody has at this point. Um, now, that's been, for some people, a bad experience, some with a good. But I think it's a reality in our 
from now into the future? So it's mixed, but we're going to have to face it at some level. It's just part of our reality. And a lot of our children end up on online education, right? I, I talk to a lot of homeschoolers who their, their young people are actually regularly online. Is that your experience yes, there? Yeah, and I would say that that's enabled the homeschool experience, being able to reach a breadth of knowledge online. And that's one of the benefits. And there's downsides. People will will talk about the ways that uh, people end up not being as close to each other because of online communication. Sherry Turkle has a book called Alone Together. The idea is that we can be together with our phones, but really be alone. And sometimes online can be that way. You can be separate from one another. So there's downsides, but there's a lot of upsides too. And I hope maybe you just would share for someone who's thinking about going to college, how should they be thinking about that? Do they need to engage online learning? And how? what are some principles you would give them for that? Yes, I think that the, the in-person experience is critical, but it can be supplemented. What I heard at Educause was really a move towards a hybrid, that you would see some of your educational experience would be face-to-face in person, and it might be more appropriate for a, a a course, two courses to be online, whether that's in a summer situation. That's one of the examples that they gave. But the acceptance, that's that's the interesting thing with COVID, the acceptance of online learning has risen. That's what I saw in this session that I attended is that where before the modality or the way that they learned face-to-face was uh, above and away higher than all the other ways. But now the online's coming up in uh, acceptance. So for for youth and for parents trying to prepare for the future, I hear you saying emphasize face-to-face opportunities like at a college where you have face-to-face classes, but be prepared to develop skills in online for the hybrid experience because that's how you learn best. Is that what you see in the corporate world as well, or is it, is, does it stop at college? No, absolutely. You have to have those skills, um, not just for the online learning, but online applications, right? Your applications now are in the cloud, and you have to be able to learn all of those new applications. And a lot of them, you know, we used to get training manuals that were thick like this with paper. That's not it anymore. These are being developed to be intuitively used. And I would encourage parents can really use their teenagers' expertise in technology to learn along with them. You know, how do I use this application. They know. Um, Reach out. Have those conversations. And I think it's important for our younger listeners to hear is that your parents rely upon your knowledge. You can be a great resource to them in, in your family. Well, let me ask another question. We live in a world that's increasingly digital, and in part, that makes the world more dangerous. And as we've mentioned, you know, digital technology helps us. It can also hinder us. And there are ways in which we need to protect ourselves against that. I know you're an expert in that in a variety of areas. Talk to us about digital security. What should we know about that? What insights would you give us? Yes, um, I'll make one comment on it. from an FC perspective. Institutionally, we put things in place to make sure our campus and the people that are here um, have security from a digital perspective, making sure that certain websites aren't getting through or certain... So you actually filter the web. Correct. As they come. Okay. Correct. Certain um, phishing 
yes. scams, yes. that those aren't getting through. Um, but I know you know yes. that some of those get through anyway. Right? People so, often write people in my name as the president, yes. you know, and so that's a, that's a problem. And it's education, right? Our, we've educated our staff and our students, okay, watch out for that. If you see misspellings, if you see, I even go, like, if there's a period in the subject line, mm-hmm. to me, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. If you're not expecting it, then question. There's no such thing as a free lunch. If somebody's trying to give you something for free, question, especially if you don't know where that's coming from. And they're getting really good. They can even say, oh, free Amazon gift card. I mean, that's a tough one to say, nope, delete. I'm not going to do that, right? So um, I would also say at home, very important to talk about... um, stranger, right? Like like you tell your kids out in the world, don't talk to strangers, right? That's true in the digital age too. Just because, because someone is presenting themselves as one persona, we know that, that can't, that's not necessarily true. It can be anybody on the other end. The other thing I told my kids as they were growing up, and I practice this policy as well, anything that you put digitally out there, whether it's text, Instagram, Facebook, you should be prepared for the world to read it because they could. Yes. Right. You have a digital fingerprint that lasts a long time. And, you know, oftentimes people don't realize that the predators, the people who can harm us, may be people close to you, friends that you trust. And so even the trusted person, you really have to be careful, don't you, in what you share. So you mentioned kind of these active uh, dangers, people who might be trying to get your money or somehow your identity or or have you send them a picture, which would be inappropriate if they were to send that around. Um, Talk to us about things that may be more passive, things that people can view online that maybe not be actively trying to get them, but could be addictions. You know, we live in an age, I know, in which pornography is something that Christians and others talk a lot about as being really a a habit which men and women fall into. That's something you say we try to filter against at a college like Florida College. Any other insights or or suggestions you would make about these sorts of dangers that are out there? Yes, I think it's it's been well proven now that addiction to to technology Mm. is real. Not just pornography, absolutely, but just too much time on any kind of device, right? Now, now you're Whether, stepping on my toes. <laughs> <that> was, <laughs> mine too, yeah. mine too. And we have to be disciplined um, in our activity just like we would with anything else, you know, in terms of our balance. I would encourage um, one of the things I was reading, um, a study from the University of Wisconsin recommended that parents talk to their teenagers not just about, or maybe set limits, not just about screen time, Mm -hmm. but about the content. Talking about content, because that's really where the conversation needs to be. I think I've not appreciated that. Sometimes I'll put parameters on them in terms of the hours that they could spend, but sometimes those hours are well spent. If it's, for example, reading a book online or some other kind of cultural thing that's, you know, not just a game. So that's helpful to me to think about that it's not just screen time, it's about what kind of content that's yeah. helpful to and be watching. And think about what we are able to access now with technology. I mean, it's a blessing knowing all of the, the information that we can get today. So let me ask you about digital culture and personal habits. Um, you know, we live everyday lives in which 
cyber is a part of our reality. You know, from our from our um, smart refrigerator to the cell phones that we have in our hand all the time. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested in parents and teens thinking about, you know, what are things on a regular basis that I should be either doing or not doing? Or what would you suggest? What are, what are important considerations you think about uh, digital habits that we have? One of the things I think in terms of checking in, we use the word addiction, which I think is a valid word. What does an addiction do? It interrupts the functioning of your life. And so if you're checking in, you're saying, I'm not getting enough sleep because I'm up until two o'clock and then I have to get up at five. Oh, yeah. Right. That's, a, that's an epidemic. That's a yes. real problem. Yeah. Um, am I not being able to get my schoolwork done? Am I not being able to go to my job? And I would say just just as in other areas of life, parents set the standard. The, the teenagers, the kids are looking to your habits. If they see you on your devices 24-7, that's what they're going to do. Absolutely. They emulate you. Emulate you. Yeah, I can see that. And so I think that's, I think think oftentimes parents need to learn that. But then also younger people need to observe in their parents and be willing to say, you know, you need to put your phone down at the table. Yes. And I would just embolden our, our audience to recognize that flows both ways, both as a young person or an older person, holding each other accountable in those habits. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal. Well, I know that um, with, with my children, especially my boy, uh, online gaming is a big issue there. I'm trying to find right balance for him. Any advice whether on that or other things you would offer in terms of trying to find balance within the family uh, when it comes to technology? I think I have a couple of points on that. Um, we pay attention as parents to what our kids watch in terms of movies. We would say, okay, you know, you should. We're not letting you go to an R-rated movie. There's ratings on games as well, right? And paying attention um, and having those open conversations. Well, why do we not do that? Well, because they're on this particular game is going to illustrate, you know, um, it is a good way of connecting. You know, teens are going to see that as a way of connecting with their friends because they're playing together, which is great. Um, But again, if you're using, if it's so much of your time, then that's not going to be good. Um, And so I think those two things, monitoring, you know, just how much of your 24 hours is it taking up? And then what types of games are you um, engaged in? Well, at least you've been so kind to share your wisdom. One thing that I know about you as a colleague is that you're constantly thinking about digital literacies that our students can engage to be more creative with digital technology. Today, you've helped me understand that there's a digital wisdom, a lot of it rooted in the Bible, that we need to have in good habits, understanding the virtues of technology, but some of the vices too. So thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your day. Please subscribe to our channel and share this episode with other families in your life. Have a topic for a future show? Feel free to share it to the email provided in the description. Until next time, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, or by visiting floridacollege.edu.